Good morning. Welcome to the coaches meeting. That's the coach. I'm not a coach. I'm Grant Cohn. Call myself quality control, but sometimes I don't even know what that means. Coach, you're looking good. How you doing, man? Hey, man, you looking good too, Iggy. How you been, man? Feeling good? You I mean, look good? Let's man, go, I'm taking man. it one day at a time over here. That's all uh, we can do, man. That's all we can do. So the Niners play this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's been kind of a boring start to the season for me. For fans, they're loving it, you know? But I think, yeah. I mean, to me, what's interesting about this game isn't necessarily the Cardinals. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe, but I think it's uh, the Niners' injury situation. They haven't really had one, and now they got a few injuries, and they got to decide, is this game, is this opponent serious enough? Is this game serious? They're 3-0. and It's a divisional game. It's the Cardinals. Debo Samuel has injured ribs and an injured knee. He didn't practice yesterday. We'll see if he practices today. Right. If it's borderline, should he play in this game? Or should they be careful and sit him? I think they should sit him. Um, We have a long season ahead of us. Uh, I tweeted early in the Rams game that I thought we should have sat Brandon Ayuk when he initially got injured and he kept playing. And Mm -hmm. um, I just feel... I feel as though that we want to keep a certain level of performance across the board, right? And that's not for one game, but that's for the entire season. I feel like Debo being able to sit and rest and kind of and sit this one out and possibly be ready for Dallas. And that's another thing that's um, a factor as well. We don't know how hurt he is. We don't know exactly what he's dealing with. So, this really could be something that if you gave him this week, he could be ready. If it was something where if he could be much healthier in going into Dallas, I would sit him, right? But if this was something that was nagging, then, you know, you play him. But if this is something that really, you know, playing him would could potentially get him more injured, uh, I would sit him. I mean, ribs and knee. Uh, if you've ever injured your ribs before, it's extremely painful, and it's the kind of thing that can get worse. It's I a mean, core injury. It's a core injury. Like, it hurts to breathe. It hurts to laugh. It hurts to cough. Um, I don't know how bad it is for him, if there's a fracture or not, if it's just bruised, but it could get worse. So that's one thing to mm-hmm. consider, considering how hard he plays. And the knee, too, like, that's another thing that could get worse. You know if, yeah. he put, if he's out on the field, he's going to go as hard as he can. You mm-hmm. know it's the Cardinals. Like, you've put up 30 points without Debo before. You did it last year. It would be a confident move to sit him and say it's a long season. We can beat the Cardinals without Debo. Yeah, definitely. I think that would be a a surefire move. Uh, And it would be an opportunity for us to work on what we know is weak in Arizona, which is their run game. So their run defense. So uh, it'd be a good time to kind of stretch out what we have. And I've been been saying this. I want to see more of our... I want to see more of our backfield. I want to see JP Mason more. I want to see um, yeah. Elijah Mitchell more. So um, this will be a game where I would love for us to slow the ball down, grind these guys out, and you know be able to sit uh, sit Debo. And then honestly, it kind of could be two ships passing in the night in a sense because we don't even know if BA's ready. So <clears throat> we really could be supplanting Debo's absence with um, Brandon Ayuk's presence. That's possible because Ayuk is limited. And when a player is limited on Wednesday, most of the time they play on Sunday. Debo right. could be limited today. We'll find out. But it, it just seems like he wasn't ready for Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Don't rush it. It's the Cardinals. Like with, with Ayuk, the Niners were smart. They didn't rush it. They're like, okay, it's the Giants. It's a Thursday. We can beat him. Right. Um, the Giants beat the Cardinals. So mm-hmm. if Ayuk comes back, you should be able to beat the Cardinals without Debo. Especially you got the reigning NFC Offensive Player of the Month and Christian McCaffrey, not to mention Brock, the real deal Purdy, who is his adopted father, I heard, is Evander Holyfield. That's, <laughs> I can't confirm that. <laughs> there's papers out. Yeah, but I can't confirm that. There's been reports. But yeah. but look, I'll tell you this. Um, I do see, I do see a path getting past Arizona without Debo playing. So, um, I feel like Arizona is one of these teams where if you try to reinvent the wheel, they're, they're good enough to be dangerous, right? They got they got some really good guys on offense. They know how to run the ball. Um, that they that, that's what they lead 
the league and doing damn near is running the ball. And I feel like this is one of these games where we slow them down, we take our time, and we just outclass them on the offensive side of the ball. And then on defense, I feel the same way. This isn't – I want to see – I'd much rather see Debo playing against Dallas than Arizona. Name five starters on Arizona. Uh, Josh Dobbs. Um, Connor, the running back, Rondell White, Marquise Brown. No, nope. well, that was close. I will, I'm going to give you Rondell. It's Rondell Moore. I'm going to give you that. Rondell Moore. That's three. Marquise Brown. Yeah. Uh, yep. Zavin Collins. Um, okay. Wow, you did better than you better than I could have done. Uh, will that's can you do six? Can you do, wow, yeah, there you go. That's six. Can you go um, for seven? Pierce Johnson isn't that the tackle? Uh, uh, uh Paris, Paris Johnson. Paris Johnson. You're Jr. good. You're good. You're good. Mm-hmm. DJ Humphreys yeah. at left tackle. They actually have DJ a decent Humphreys, offensive yeah. line. They have mm-hmm. a good offensive line. And it's going to be an interesting game. Um, yeah, I mean, they got they have enough guys to make it dangerous. They're not a bad team. The only reason why they're kind of, uh, you know, looked at as less than is that they 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 do, they they leave a lot to be desired on their defensive front. They really don't have the yeah. pass rush, and they really can't stop the run. So with that, Teams can just kind of take you out into take you out into deep waters and just drown you, right? A smart team beats Arizona. That's why I'm kind of looking at Dallas a little crazy. They underestimated yep. Arizona. So um, a smart game plan and patience, I feel like, uh, beat Arizona. And then again, we get another game to strengthen our identity. We get another mobile quarterback somebody that can really stress this uh wide nine defensive front that we have for us to stay and stay in our lanes and keep us disciplined so i'm really looking forward for a good litmus test game again and uh for definitely a win let me uh list name you the front seven of the cardinals okay jonathan ledbetter kevin strong leaky foto victor demukaji kazir white Josh Woods and Zayvon Collins. Right. Niners yeah, better win this it, game. They they need to win this game, you know, but yeah, you, you know, don't need Debo to be Hercules to beat freaking sorry. At the same time, man, they're they're really running the show because they're undefeated. So mm-hmm. at, at this stage of the game, you gotta just let them do what they do. They're in their flow state right now. They're undefeated, they're feeling good. Offense is running at a high clip, defense is stopping people. Yeah, there's some hinky moments in games where we do get some weaknesses highlighted, but some of my main concerns when we first started the season was us being able to stop the run and run the ball. And I've been thoroughly impressed. Yeah. All right, let's look at when is the NFL trade? NFL trade deadline. Right. When is it? When is it? What time is the NFL trade deadline? October 31. Okay, so we got a month. We got a month. Got a month for the Niners to assess their roster and figure, hey, they have $41 million in cap space. Mm-hmm. They need to make a move. If they're a player away, we've seen they've made moves before. Christian McCaffrey, Emmanuel Sanders, big swings for an offense that takes a, a little time to learn. Mm-hmm. What is the biggest need at the deadline for the Niners looking a, a month ahead? I know what you're going to say. And and I agree with you, but I would say the biggest need for the Niners before the trade deadline would be I'd love to get another pass rusher, just hmm. just another one. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and and it doesn't have to be. I don't even want to want like a, a a home run guy. It doesn't have to be anything crazy like Brian Burns, but we just hmm. need. <laughs> more depth on that side of the ball on the other side of Nick. Uh, Nick is drawing the most double teams in the league by far, and it's not even close. And we need to be able to be able to take advantage of that mismatch. And that's the thing, like you don't need a Brian Burns to tip the scales for Nick Bosa getting double teamed. You see what I'm trying to say? Like you can get a serviceable guy that right. could really take advantage of that mismatch. Like, yeah. so my biggest thing is, is that when I, the only reason why I, I was apprehensive to say pass rusher is because I didn't want to come off sounding like I want the pass rusher. Right. Right. Like, I don't want 
a, I want us to be able to ingest a guy and still be able to have our shirt on at the end of the deal. Like, I don't want some guy that we have to pay crazy money to where truthfully inside of the guise of our issues, most teams, when they bring on, they trade in the middle of a deadline. They're trading for like what we essentially did last year, Christian McCaffrey, like somebody big, somebody that's going to tip the scales. Right. But for us, we have so many financial implications moving forward for next year that really, I feel like as fans, we're kind of looking at the cap space that we have now and seeing what we can do with it now. Like the money is almost burning a hole in our pocket. But really, I look at that money as a stopgap for us to be able to handle business next year. So I don't want us to be able to ingest another guy before, this is my opinion. I wouldn't want us to ingest another guy before trade deadline who's so big and over his skis. And then we just compile on what's kind of like a running narrative for us of we've gone from young, from youthful and having depth to being a tad bit top heavy and just yeah. bringing in another guy who kind of falls along that, that narrative would be problematic, but adding another depth piece in context to what our specific issues are, is that we just need pass rush good enough to make Nick Bosa right. Right. We need pass rush good enough for people to say, all right, well, if we do double Nick Bosa, we're in trouble. Right. So we got to pick our poison, not necessarily getting like a whole cloth, you know, foundational piece. That's that's right. kind of where I am. See, to me, the biggest need is right tackle, but it's okay. so hard to get a right tackle. There are not many good ones. They usually aren't available in the middle of a season. If the Niners could get a big upgrade at right tackle, that to me is the move, but I'm not sure that there is that guy out there. I mean, if Mike McGlinchey's making $17 million a year, it might be tough for the Niners to find someone. Um, so let's go back to defensive end. Like We've talked about this for a while. It's a very important position. But it's kind of like the running back of the defense. Running back's an important position too. But you can find these guys. There's a lot of them. And they can play into their 30s. So I'm looking at Drake Jackson. He had three sacks week one. He hasn't done anything since then. It, I'm not sure what Drake Jackson is. He might be the dude he was week one. Or he might right. be the dude he was the last two weeks. And right. they have to look at that. They don't really know. So if Drake Jackson falls off or they want to add something to that rotation, like there's Daniil Hunter. There's going to be guys who are available. They could make that move. Things always shake up. And I'm glad that you brought that point up, Iggy, before. It's like pass rusher is kind of becoming an oversaturated position, right? Because I feel as though that the league coveted the position so much that now we're kind of like backordered on them. Like we're over, mm -hmm. we're overstocked at the position mm -hmm. where yep. now if you are a one-on-one defensive end or a pass rusher like a Nick Bosa, yeah, you're there by cachet your name and you definitely produce, but there are definitely guys who get it done on like a menial level where I feel as though that every team you see is going to have some level of this is our best pass rushing. Except guy. the Cardinals. Except the Cardinals. But they <laughs> <laughs> any team that's not like rebuilding with the first year coach. Remember when Kyle was here and his number one pass rusher was Cassius Marsh? Remember, that? Remember the Cassius days. March days? Cassius March days. Dude, so Dude. bad. So, so bad. bad. We, yo, we thought Solomon Thomas was going to be it. He was supposed to be Aaron Donald 2.0. Bro. I, don't even get me started. Anyway. Sorry. Is he still in the league? He's in the Jets, he, right? I think he's with the Jets. I think Robert Sala brought him over there. Because uh, Robert yeah. Sala's a... Because a good guy. Yeah. So. A good guy. Yeah. <laughs> but really, I just... I feel as though that we we can we can get those guys back just basically back to our main point. Those type of those type of fringe pass rush guys that are not necessarily blockbuster trades, but can really get you through a season are still out there. So that's what that's kind of the move that I would like us to see. And I do agree with you. Like right tackle would be nice, but what would you be getting in yeah. the middle of the season? You know Mike what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you'd be getting Mike McGlinchey, yeah. like, which is yeah. not worth the what juice, ain't worth the squeeze, baby. It ain't. No, it ain't. So, what do you see from Drake Jackson? Well, I see a lot of growth. He is using his power a lot more. He can play the entire game, um, he's mm. playing with quickness, uh, but he is a little unsure of himself. Some, some of his past moves are not really as refined as they could be. Um, it's, it's, uh, 
Uh, it's kind of like with D lineman, it's it's like three phases. It's the start, the move, and the finish, right? And with Drake, he's got a phenomenal start. It's just that he's got muddy moves, and even mm-hmm. when he does get a move that works. He doesn't change acceleration on his path to the quarterback sometimes because he's always looking for change of speed because that's truthfully that is what he is good at. He's very mm-hmm. good in space, right? He turns on mm-hmm. and those three sacks yep. that we saw, I don't want to take anything away from Drake, but those three sacks that we saw were a byproduct of his team other pressure. Yeah. Yes, his teammates pressure, right? Yep. So, you still got to make a play. It's still the and NFL. Not he finished. made those plays. He finished. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But he's just having a hard time. I, I said those three phases, but there's so many things under the move, under the finish, under the start, where I feel as though that he's just feeling his way through. He's 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 trying to put it all together. I know who the Niners could get to book in Nick Bosa. He's available right now. They don't have to trade for him right now. Who? D Ford. Like, no, no, wait, hold on. I got a better one. I got a better one. I got a better one. As better soon one. as we were having I a got good a conversation, bro. <laughs> I got a better one. Alden Smith. Why? Do you he's, know? he's like he's like 33. He should be fine. Why are you devolving the conversation? That's so crazy. I couldn't help myself. There's, I was serious for like 16 minutes. You really, I'm pissed off that I took you seriously. I was like, oh, he's gonna really name somebody. Who's he gonna name? <laughs> you had to like, like edge of my seat. the suspense, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. With the straight face. Yeah, this motherfucker said Martinez. Ronald McDonald. <laughs> Raymond Martinez, thanks for being a new member. Uh, remember, you guys can uh, super chat directly to the coach, which I would recommend because, mm-hmm. you know, spread the wealth. Daza says, how much is the cap projected to go up next year? We're supposedly around $42 million under right now. What is it, like 10% a year? Does it's, it go up like 20 like million? It's 10 to 12%. 10 to 12% yeah. a year. Yeah. Um, so. so, I mean, and, and we're, we're in a really good position, but, you know, th- I will say this. I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth right now because I do feel like the cap is the cap. We've never not had a guy play because we can't afford him. Um, we've had guys leave because they want certain money, but as far as being able to play, pay for the people in the building, no team has never been able to not roll out a game because <laughs> they don't have all the bills paid. So, yeah. I'm I'm not necessarily too worried about the cap, but I do worry about our sustained greatness. Like yeah. even our, like okay, inside of the family, we talk mm-hmm. about the Super Bowl, we talk about the 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 tenth of the second and all that other shit. But outside of the NFL, we're still the shit. And I still want to be the shit. You know what I'm saying? So we can't we can't like lose our luster and take a dip in production because we're so preoccupied with bringing in all of these high priced guys. Because as you know, the mark of our team is 60 minute football. The true mark of our team is complimentary football. And you really can't do that with 100% starters the whole way through. It's your depth. It's the Mm -hmm. guys that you're developing. It's the third Mm -hmm. and fourth and fifth round picks. Those are the guys who, where they talk about, when they talk about the complimentary football of the Niners and they talk about how good we are, how we break teams down, they don't talk about that stuff when Debo has the ball in his hands. They talk about mm-hmm. that stuff on third quarter when we're up by 10 and they just can't stop the run. And we just yeah. keep bringing in running back after running back after running back. That's when they bring up our depth. Or when Jawan Jennings breaks depth. your back when you're trying to cover Ayuk and Debo yes. and, you know, and Kittle, when, all yes. that. Yes, when Ayuk's yeah. going off and and Christian's going off and before and everybody's just knowing where the ball goes and then here comes Ray Ray out of nowhere and a tunnel right. screen and he's got all of the juice in the world because he's been waiting for his moment that's depth that's what makes us special right so Ray Ray's the most underused that. player on the team by the way Ray Ray needs the ball mm-hmm. give him the damn ball he's good he need the ball yeah he but you know touches a game but I feel like the I feel like the narrative of who we are now is yeah. at at one point we really were a sum of all parts. Like, look at how we get it done with so many multiple players. Now, it is the Christian McCaffrey show, and right. I don't blame him. Like this, that this is a different offense, right? We don't run the offense the way we did even last. He's the year. best running back a Shanahan has had since Terrell Davis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's and you know he he might be a better. 
I'm not saying he's better than Terrell Davis because Terrell Davis was that dude for three years. And he's in the Hall of Fame. He's a but, better athlete than Terrell Davis. Yeah, and he's a better receiver. Anyway, let's move on. Biggest mm-hmm. difference between this year's team and last year's team. It's a very similar team. They've really picked up where they left off uh, last year. But if you had to say, what is the main difference between these two teams? What is it? We found our identity early. Yeah. We found our identity early. They're not playing around. No, that we're not. We're not no seeing slow start. No slow start. None of that. We're not seeing badly prepared games. We're not seeing bozo head. We're see, we're getting some penalties. Playing down to your opponents. Penalties. None of that. Playing. Down. No. We're we're beating the teams the way they need to be beat. We're not playing no games. They are very focused. This is a stark difference, not only from last year but in previous years before. I am very impressed with how they have started because that's really why starting fast matters. You're trying to find your identity. You're trying yeah. to find out why we win and what we do. And we're beating teams right now who, number one, aren't better than us. But two, they haven't found their identity. They're still trying to figure out the Rams. What are they True. doing? They're just breaking out, running the ball 40 times. That's not what they do. True. That's not what no. they're trying to do. We go and see yeah. uh, We go and see Pittsburgh. What's the first thing that they're doing? They're trying to really ingratiate their offense with all of these guys, with Kenny Pickett yeah. and George Pickens. And this is the year where everybody's hyping. This is supposed to be their first real shot at it we weren't we, we're not in that we're that's not what we're doing what's a carry from last year <clears throat> it's a carry we have picked up right where we left off and we are moving in the right direction and we're doing it but ain't that seamlessly. many teams that can say that ain't that many teams that can say that it's like nah. the niners miami not even Philly the eagles to a degree the eagles yeah. can't even the eagles that. i mean they're they're undefeated too but like if you've been watching them looks like they're sort of Getting their feet underneath them. Yeah. 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 So that, yeah. I'm I you gotta give it up. The yeah. start. I got another one. Then, I'm gonna I'm gonna go do ahead. like a position. I feel like the def, the the interior of the defensive line. Mm. Like last year, Kinlaw was hurt, Armstead was hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh they had guys like Hassan Ridgeway starting games. Right. Kevin Givens was starting games. Like they had no one in the interior. Mm-hmm. Now they got Javon Hargrave, who not a lot of D tackles better than him. Mm-hmm. I'm quite impressed. I mean, we, we we were on him a little bit earlier in the offseason about his fitness, but just in terms of one-on-one pass rushing, man, man, he's good. He's worth And then you got Armstead healthy. Armstead's healthy. Kinlaw's healthy and playing like Armstead. I mean, two guys who get big-time pressure, even mm-hmm. if, the, if they don't get the sacks. So that's three real quality defensive tackles, not to mention Kevin Givens, who's a nice backup. Like that went from a weakness to a huge strength. It's a yeah, big difference from last year. I agree. It is a big difference from last year. And I want to see this carry over into the O lines that matter, like Dallas. You know, I want yep. to see us do this against uh, Philly. teams that we potentially see Philly, right? Philly. Miami, right? Yep. I want to I want to see this. So uh, there is more to be assessed with how we how we're doing, but you gotta you gotta be honest with what you see. Um, for the trenches are concerned, even with our offensive line, man. Like the right side had the best game that they've had all season against New York. That game was a stark difference from not only the Rams game but from the Pittsburgh game completely 180 and i'm telling you man mm. they had some struggling they had some struggling plays where they had some missed assignments and just some some processing error plays where you could tell that spencer and colton they just need more reps to to figure it out right there's no way to really coach it up they got to just go out and do it but i'm telling you man from what i saw from our offensive line and our trenches on against the giants we're trending in the right direction we look really good Last thing, then we'll move on. I've really been impressed with Steve Wilkes so far. I thought he was a little too conservative against the Rams. He gave up all those underneath catches to Puka Nakua in the first half. Mm-hmm. But since then, mm-hmm. I feel like he's found a good balance of not just conceding checkdowns and letting his pass rush do some work, making the quarterback hold the ball, but also not giving up the long pass. Last year, D'Amico, as good as he was, and he deserved that head coaching job he got, he couldn't stop the the long pass. If the quarterback had a little bit of time or could get out of the pocket, he could just throw it up, and the Niners were giving up long passes. And Steve Wilkes said it. I don't. I want to improve there, and he has. Like how many long passes have the Niners given up this year? 
I haven't seen Zero? a lot of them. I None. Seen any. And they've had like, some it, picks. It, yeah. They're, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm very impressed with Coach Wilkes. Uh, yeah. Right now, they're just, like, like I said, at this stage of the game, it's like you just want to leave them alone. They're yep. doing what they need to do to win games. And it's almost, it's like, it's like if you got a job to do, and you're really and you're really working it. I'm talking about you got your th- you got your tongue out and you you yeah. don't want nobody bothering you. You know what I mean? Like you don't want nobody bothering you. So I I'm very impressed with what he's doing on defense, especially with our DBs. They seem very confident. Um, even with uh, Domador Lenore is really mm. all right. The difference between Demo from this year to last year is he used to struggle finishing. He would be yeah. in great position. He yeah. would always, but he would never finish. He would never turn yeah. his head around on time. He would lose the ball in flight, not be in the right position, never using the sideline as his friend. Miss time yeah. his jump. Yeah, I don't see any of that. Any as a matter of, of fact, his reaction time is actually kind of like his weapon now. Like it's he's actually good. how he finishes on balls. So he's a good. That's player. Coach Wilkes. That's yeah. Coach Wilkes. That's stuff that yeah. when we were seeing this stuff, and if you think think about this, it. We were seeing this stuff like mid to late season with Demo yeah. when he was giving yeah. up these balls. And it was there was nothing he could do. He had to learn on task, literally, and just play. Now he's actually worked on himself, gotten his body right, and then ran into a DB specialist. It's kind of like the good trifecta for a player of his ilk. One more thing I like about Wilkes. Mm-hmm. I like that he's in the booth. People mm. were like wringing their hands about it. They're like, oh man, he's going to be in the booth. He's going to be disco. You know, Sala was on the sideline and D'Amico was. You know who else uh, is in the booth when they call defense? Vic Fangio. Yes, he Vic is. Fangio. If I were a coordinator, I'd want to be in the booth too because your vantage point is so much better. You get to see all 22 players so much better. I feel like you have a better sense of what the other team is doing and you can make adjustments quicker. I feel like Sala and D'Amico were on the sidelines because they were guys who thrive off of it's uh, infusing energy into their defenses. They're not yeah. doing a lot of sophisticated. I mean, Salo was very good. D'Amico's very good. but And they do make adjustments. And they're good game planners. But a lot of what they do is energy. Yeah. So the the hallmark of a of- D'Amico. De- yeah. The D'Amico defense is 11 guys flying to the ball. 11 guys in the screen when there's a tackle. Like, Cool. But Wilkes, I feel like, is a little bit more sophisticated with what he's trying to do schematically. And I appreciate it. Yeah, I do. I, I understand that, you know, I, I'm a sideline guy. I, I've done both. I don't like the booth. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So, and, the, and just for that, it's it's not a good thing or a bad thing, right? It, it is, it's a process thing. It's, 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 it's a it's feeling. It's quiet up there. You're removed. It's almost like, yeah, yeah. it's a whole different thing. And your the booth out of it. can be the booth can be dope if you in there with like another turned up coach, right? So you guys can yeah. almost be in there like wilding out. But the booth yeah. sucks when you're in there with another coach that wants to be like it wants to be a it wants to be a library, and you're like, God, yeah. man, like, and then like bad plays. It's like you want to be like fuck, but it's just like <sighs> you have to like go <laughs> off of his. You have to go off of his cue. So I don't. So that's the thing, like. If you're in, if you're in the booth with a coach that is like you, then it's awesome. But it's I've been in the booth, and most of the times I've been in the booth, if not all, I've been a subordinate. So it wasn't like I was running the show. So you have to go off of whatever the head guy's temperament is. So it's not like Wilkes is in the booth and he's like quietly going through his game plan, and like Daryl Tap is in the background, like let's fucking go. Let's. It's not happening that way. You know what I'm saying? So. I will say that um, him being in the booth is just his modus operandi. It's like I, it's how he likes to go about his work. Um, I will say the advantages of being in the booth is that you get to see way more than you do when you're on the sidelines, and you get to also anticipate where you see things coming. So, coach, some coaches like to do that by feel of being on the sideline mm-hmm. and listening to their guys and getting back real time feedback so they can pump out and get into the flow of their game. Other coaches. They had they like to sit back almost in kind of like a executive position where I have people who are boots on the ground who will give me the information mm-hmm. I need. That's and Wilkes. then I can yeah. make and a solid decision by myself under my own environment. So um cool. that's the way Wilkes is doing it. And you know, it's a good process. It works. Let's talk about today's sponsor for my channel. Bet US. 
It's the number one premier online sports book. You want to bet anything, sports, not sports, casino games, go to BetUS. Let's look at what they got this week as far as uh, betting lines. Let's look at the Niners. <laughs> Minus 14. That's a lot. You think they'll cover that? No. That's a lot. I think it's Arizona's a, it's being a slept on a little bit. It's a lot of points it's for an lot. NFL game. I think I don't even think it's disrespect to Arizona. I think it's Arizona in 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 the in Vegas's eyes, Arizona probably has come off an emotional high from beating Dallas yeah. and they're due for like to come back to earth playing a team like us. Also, I feel like these lines sort of reflect what the betting public knows about teams. So there are certain teams that are over, like the Chargers early in the season are always overrated because casual fans know Justin Herbert and think they're good, even though they suck. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, the Cardinals, everyone thinks they stink because of what they were the last few years and Cliff Kingsbury. But now like no one knows these Cardinals. Josh Dobbs has no track record. Jonathan Gannon has no track record. And they're sort of a mystery. And I think what we're seeing here is more like the casual betting public being like, oh yeah, Arizona's tanking. No, they're not. So I wouldn't touch this. You guys are welcome to. What about Kansas City minus 10 over the Jets? I might touch that. I take, I take that. I'll take that. I'll take Here's that. an interesting one. See, the Seahawks and Giants pick them. Giants at home. What? I'll take Seattle. Giants are you terrible. Take Seattle? What do you think? Yeah, I don't like the Giants. I think they stink. Okay, Seattle. Yeah. I, I see that. I see that. No Saquon. Raiders and Chargers. Seattle. Raiders and Chargers uh, in LA. Chargers. Chargers minus a half. Minus five and a half. Yeah. Chargers. Raiders are trash. The Raiders are terrible. Um, trash. One more. Uh, Cowboys minus six and a half at home against the Patriots. I'm taking the Patriots. I'll I'm take the Cowboys, the but I'm not very confident about it. It's something about I'm not confident in Mac Cowboys. Jones that I don't like at all. Well, yeah. Be, well, everybody feels the same way about Mac Jones. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, if you want to sign up, if you want to wager... Use the link in the description. Sign up. They will match your first wager 125%, up to $100. All right, back to the show. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's Cardinals week, but at the same time, it's kind of the Dolphins week because they just put up 70, and Mike McDaniel was with the Niners. And I think a lot of people are looking at him and Kyle as the two preeminent uh, offensive play designers, play callers in the league, Andy Reid also too. And I think what's interesting about these two offenses is their quarterbacks are similar. Yeah. Smaller guys who scramble around, who have been knocked for arm strength, and yet they're balling, dealing. How do you like? Let's compare and contrast Purdy and Tua. What do they do similarly? What do they do differently? And who do you like better? Let's start with what they do similarly. Uh, I feel like they both do have a good short game. They get the ball out mm -hmm. very accurately and very quickly, especially in the short to intermediate pass game. They're very creative, crafty. Um, I feel like they're both gamers. Uh, they both are confident, aggressive style leaders. Uh, um, and I feel like they're both uh, aggressive quarterbacks, right? Brock isn't afraid to let the ball go. Neither is Tua. Um, where I feel like they're a little bit different is I would give the physical nod to Brock over to mm. And the reason why is that Brock knows where to go on the field better than Tua. Tua gets outside of the pocket and he instantly becomes a more, I don't want to say a less better player, but he instantly becomes a vulnerable player, right? Whereas when Brock leaves the pocket, you know that there's an actual purpose. He's not winging it. He's getting out there to actually either get out of bounds, He's get confident. up confident. Yeah. Or let the ball go. So yeah. I, I feel like because they're both because they're both they both are limited athletically, but they do have attributes athletically. Um, I feel as though that Brock is just a lot more self aware of what he can and cannot do versus what Tua Tua kind of moves around like he's Lamar Jackson and he's anything but, you know, athletically as far as the stick nod moves when he's trying to juke people out instead of getting on the ground waiting for guys to get closer to him so he can get the ball down the field instead of just taking off. Um, I, I just feel like Tua has a little bit more of a reckless game than Brock does. Brock is a little bit more reined in than Tua is. Um, now, um, on the flip side, I feel like Tua has a liver arm. 
you know, wink, mm. wink, you know, yep. Captain Obvious, right? But yeah. he has a he has a liver arm. He will let the ball go. Um, I feel I don't know about because Brock doesn't throw the ball deep often. Tua does have better deep ball accuracy than Brock. That's a big okay? one. That's a big yeah, one. He does. He has better deep ball accuracy than Brock. Now, I feel like they're both equally as prof- uh, equally as efficient, but I do feel as though that Brock has a better processor than than Tua is, and that really just goes on to that really just piggybacks my first point with their athleticism and Brock just knowing where to go with the ball, right? He marries those things together and makes a complete package whereas Tua, when he gets out of the pocket or he gets off script, you're kind of like, well, where's all that processing going that that you have when you're in the pocket? Why can't you seemingly know where to go with the ball when you understand that you're under the clock? You know, Brock seems to do that very well as for what we've seen thus far. So I feel like they are they're similar because they're maybe in the same tier of quarterback, right? Shorter guys, physically limited, good processors point guard style offense right but as far as how they get to it i feel like brock's game is built to sustain more than tua's game is and then also tua's throwing to some ferraris man you know what i mean like he's throwing to some straight thoroughbred horses and brock is too in his own ilk but i feel as though the numbers can be a little bit more skewed due to the fact that mike uh, Mike McDaniels is a more vertical leaning coach as far as posture is concerned in the pass game, as as he should be. I mean, you have a guy like Tariq Hill and Jalen Waddle, you need to be pushing the ball down. For but he brought so, in Tyreek Hill, like he had this vision. I think what's mm-hmm. interesting about the difference to me, like Purdy's ability to hit the the deep throw, is a big difference. I feel like there are things that Brock does better, but they're pretty similar until you get to the deep stuff, which makes me wonder if Brock, if Brock were on Miami, I think they would stick with Tua as their starter because you have to have a guy to take advantage of that speed. And I think Brock, I'm not sure that he's that guy yet. He's great on a team like the Niners where it's the whole emphasis is short, intermediate passes with yards after the catch. I mean, they don't call that many deep throws. So on this team, maybe they'd prefer, maybe if Tua were on the Niners, he'd be backing up Brock. Yeah. But on the was, Dolphins, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad yeah. you said that because as soon as you said that, I yeah. felt the same exact way in the inverse. I was like, "Well, yeah, well, Tua wouldn't start over Brock if he was here." No, I don't think so. I don't think he no. would. That's an interesting distinction about there. The offenses are different. Like the the Dolphins, and yes, these they two guys similar offense, which is yeah, crazy. Kyle works together like 15 years. They're they're coming from. They're both an offshoot of Mike Shanahan's offense, and yet what they value is way different. Mm-hmm. McDaniel wants four three speed at running back at wide receiver everywhere. Well, as as much as you can get. Kyle doesn't seem interested in that. As long as it's four 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 five with the ability to break tackles, that's what he's into. It's yeah. different. Yeah. Well, yeah. and then also it, it, the way I look at it is kind of like uh, Kyle is one extreme, Mike is the other extreme, and Sean is the balance. Those two are so much better than Sean, and Sean's the one with the ring. It's and you know crazy. why Sean has the ring? Because Kyle blew it. That's the only reason Sean has a ring. Kyle should have it. Yeah. But he just gave yeah. it to Sean. He's like, I don't want it. You have it. I'll get one. I'll get another one. You're my boy. I, 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 take this. I, look, man. I don't even want it anymore. You, you know the reason why you like Sean is because in a way, he's so nice that he knows it. <laughs> like He's so nice and gracious because it's almost kind of like, hey, guys, I kind of lucked up on this. But, you know, I'll be nice about it. Like, I'm not going to pump my yeah. chest out. But yeah, I mean, Sean, uh, he's brilliant. I don't ever want to take, he's still like, Sean's like 37 years old. Like he's still young. You know what I mean? Like, so um, he's got a lot of left. He's got a lot of gas in the tank, man. So, you know, it is interesting, but Kyle should have his by now. But this is what we could have for, Grant. Before we move on, final answer. Who are you taking, Purdy or Tua, if you're building a team? I'm taking, uh, building a team? Yeah. I thought you were just going to say, like, now, <laughs> asshole. I mean, they're about the um, same age. If I was building a team, I'd take neither of them. But <laughs> um, but if I had a gun to my head, if I was building a team, I'd take two. If I was building the team, I would. A little less, a little less uh, physically limited? Right. Yeah. Last topic. 
So yesterday, Kyle Shanahan spoke, and we were asking him about Mike McDaniel's offense. I mean, that's the topic this week. And we were asking about that motion that's sort of taking over the, the, the league where whoever's in the slot just starts sprinting to the sideline like they got to go to the bathroom mid-play. Mm-hmm. And then the ball gets snapped, and you turn it upfield. So here's what Kyle right. Shanahan said about it yesterday. Let's listen to him. Um, kind of what you expect. I mean, Tyreek is such a unique dude. He's the one dude with those motions who can is fast enough to run any route known to man off of him. Um, and not many people are like that. So they get to try a lot of stuff with that, which Mike's as good as anyone at trying stuff and being creative. Um, they did that in week one with a little cheat motion. Um, we did it in week two after we saw it. The Rams did it about three times versus us in week two. Um, I've also seen every team probably do it since week one. So it's, it is a cool motion. Um, and they got a real cool guy to do it with. What do you call it? We call it cheat. cheat. Yeah. Uh, well, shortly after he's hung it's up cheating. Why is it cheating? I don't know. It looks. Almost <laughs> did it. Uh, it looks. It looks hard to stop people like Tyreek and Debo and stuff with a running start. That's usually only in the CFL. So um, it's, it's cool to get him running sideways and still find a way to hit it vertically. That's funny. I really like Kyle Shanahan. Because it's cheating. Because it looks... Fu- Sorry, I was... <laughs> like he said, I'm not going to drop an F-bomb today. Anyway, what did you think? It's funny that they call it cheat motion. He's saying, essentially, it's a huge advantage if you have Tyreek Hill or Debo. But really, if you have Tyreek Hill. And it seems like Kyle is like begrudgingly saying, like, yeah, man, it's really good. We all have to run it. But none of us can do it like Miami. That's exactly what he's saying. What, what yeah. he's saying is, is that... You got, you got the, we got the Chrysler 300, but you got the Bentley. You, you got the Phantom. You got the Phantom. That's what yeah. he said. He's basically yeah. like, all right, we all kind of like it because it's cool. It's so many yeah. emotions. It's like I'm pissed that I have to admit that yeah. that I like it. I'm pissed that you brought it up and I have to address it. I'm yeah. pissed that the guy who I pay twenty plus million dollars a year for to do. Is it the best in the league that does it? And I'm pissed at the fact that you came up with it before I did, and you're doing it with a far superior player. And none so of I'm going to call it cheat motion. I'm going to so I'm going to call it cheat. <laughs> yes. And That's honestly so speaking, if you could get Kyle Shanahan to call something cheating, you've done your job. Yeah, because he's the man, looking for those edges. He he's wants those, those edges. Yes. Like, yeah. if Kyle openly admits that something is cheating, and look at his face when he said it. He's like, he looked like your little brother who really can't beat you in Madden, and he's just like, you're cheating because yep. it's cheating. It's like, no, because you suck. And you, keep picking <laughs> the, and you keep picking the bucks, and I keep telling you to stop yeah. playing with the bucks. That's yeah. why. So, yes. yeah, it's not cheating. It's Honestly, it's it's the most it's the most gracious compliment that a coach of Kyle's ilk can give. It's a compliment. I just think it's interesting that it took it's such a simple wrinkle. This coaching tree has been doing jet sweep motion for like seven years. And it's essentially just the opposite. Instead of running a dude across the formation before the play, run him the opposite direction. Run him toward the sideline. And it has this crazy effect because it's not revolutionary, but defenses aren't prepared for it. It's not something like defenses prepare to stop the jet sweep motion every day of the year. OTAs, mini camp, training camp, all that. But this is new. And until they have a full off season to plan and rep what they're going to do, it's going to be getting uh, defenses. Another thing I like about it is it doesn't. When you bring. A guy in motion and he crosses the formation, I feel like that can confuse some quarterbacks because now your defense has to change a lot. You're changing the picture. You sit in the other direction and nothing crosses the formation, I feel like the picture stays the same for the quarterback, but the defense is now in, in a bind. I like it They're a lot. Conflict. And the Dolphins use it not just for routes, but for blocking too. And you know what else is beautiful about this as far as irony is concerned? The player that they're making, that they're revolutionizing this scheme, that's this new move with, came off of a pick that we, the Niners, gave Miami. That's true. <laughs> the, the Miami can do it, can do this because the Niners were so charitable. 
Here, have Tyreek Hill. We don't want him. We want Trey Lance. <laughs> it's like, is it really cheating with the guy that we used with the pick that you gave us? I mean, isn't that rich? Isn't that rich? <laughs> that's so funny, man. Like, That's a good point. Yeah. The so, only reason um, we could do this is because you needed Trey Lance that much. And Sorry. he's not there anymore. No. We had right. the third pick. You guys made a bad decision. We stuck with Tua. Look at us now. Cheap motion. Cool. Look at the cool shit we're doing now. You're calling it a cheap motion. I asked a coach That's last a week what he, what it's called, a retired coach, and he said he thinks it's called Zinnin's Out, as in like zipping in, zipping out. I don't know. Kyle has a much more petty term for it, and I like it. He just dropped like cheap, cheap. I think it's really funny. Anyway, mm-hmm. Debo, you're going to have to run those a little harder because Kyle thinks that you're like really good at it, even though hey, we've seen. Hey. Tariq, hey. Tariq is one of one, man. I don't know how you're going to replicate that. I don't know. I like it. It's, it's like almost you think embarrassing about it. You put, to run it. What you could do, what they do a lot, you have Tyreek in the slot and some whatever wide receiver to the outside. Motion Tyreek outside of him, snap the ball. He screams upfield, but you throw to the inside receiver who was the outside receiver running a dig route. And the defense is widening out and so concerned with Tyreek Hill that all of a sudden that other receiver is wide freaking open. That's the thing that struck me about the Dolphins in that game. Like everything was so wide open. Every run had huge holes, every receiver, yeah. no one around him. Like that I, is a this, real feather in McDaniel's cap. It is. A, it's a huge feather in his cap. But it's Denver. But I, will, I will say this. Denver did give up. They gave. They, they suck. They, they, did, they don't they play suck. for Sean. They don't play for that no. man. They, 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 there was a no. point where they were just kind of scoring on air. True. Um, True. Dazza says, I like BP, but when he uh, when has he put up the numbers Tua has put up? That's a good point. Tua's had games where he put up 460 yards. That's true. It's true. Yeah, uh, Geo yeah, dude but, says it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying. Yeah, but Tua also the offense that Tua runs, man. Who he's throwing to, man? Like you know, the same way we look at Brock, where we say, uh, "Oh, well, Brock only had so and so air yards." I mean, I would, I would beg people to start looking at Tua's air yards. I mean, I know he throws deep, but a lot of those things are being taken to the house by like very athletic players. Geo dude says it's cheat motion because they're moving toward the line of scrimmage, but never get called for it. Well, I understand. Okay, so yes, that is true. But they, but they're lean. It's 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 not lateral towards the line of scrimmage. It is. A, it, it. I know what you're saying, but if you're not, if your shoulders are not square with the line of scrimmage, you can lean towards the line of scrimmage. You just can't turn your shoulders, and that's why really it is cheating because only special athletes can generate that much speed and stay legal so yes are they moving is he literally moving towards the line of scrimmage when he's doing the motion yes but as long as your as long as your shoulders are not turning towards the line of scrimmage that's that shit is legal arena league is definitely i played arena two ball for the huntington heroes arena league is completely different you are coming from depth Running yeah. towards the line of scrimmage full speed. That is not the same thing. Also, everyone does jet sweep motion, the Niners included, for years. And when they have, if it's a if, if it's a play action pass and the guy goes in motion, before that ball is snapped, a lot of times he's turning up field he's a little bit. He's turning up too. the field already. Yeah. Even in those motions. So that's the thing. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. So, and Mike is kind of so smart for this because it's like if you if you strap this down on this motion, then that means that every you know who who motions more than any team in the league. Us, us. So if you want to start calling certain motions cheating, be careful because we could get some guidance down the road and some compliance that could really hurt our entire offense just because we want to hark on one little specific motion. You see what I'm saying? Like so, don't. Yeah. Honestly, the, the the whole cheat code that the that the Shanahan tree rests on is shift motion offense. JTO talk, talks about it. A lot of offenses are very static. The Niners and the Dolphins have a shift and a motion, damn near every play. Yeah, it's what they and they feel that. Yeah, they feel that those things give them indicators and also uh, cause defenses to miscommunicate, and mm-hmm. that you're better off running offense that way. Uh, you know, doing a shift and a motion every time and being methodical and slow than just getting the line of scrimmage and going fast. That's how they believe it. And that's one of the tenets, that's one of the tenets of this offense is that 
they want to make everything look the same so you can get the teeth out down. Are you good? Yeah. yeah. They want to get yeah. they want to make everything look the same. Yeah, they want to make everything look the same so they can make sure that they get the defense out and down as fast as possible. So if you get the defense out and down, they're operating off of our pace now. So when we get them in their normal sets, then we, with our pre-made sets, not only get to get indicators, but we get to manipulate the defense because we have them exactly where we want them. But when you come out in different formations, defenses already get indicators as to what type of defense they want to run but when you come out looking the same the entire every play we get them mm. we get them cornered into where we want them to mm. be good call good call brother bob says eaglet how long is kyle's extension i don't know i gotta look I that up through Sla 2026 okay i think it was through 2020 i think yeah i don't know i think it, i thought it was through 2025 already so i'll have to look that up 200 yak last week i love bp but that's dink and dunk is that right? Two hundred. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it was right. It was all the it was all the the uh, blitzes that they had to beat. Daz yeah. says, "Why can't we use Ray Ray and cheat motion? He looked good when Debo was out last year." Thank you. <laughs> Ray Ray did do his thing when Debo got hurt last year. Don't forget about that time. Ray Ray snapped. He was better. He did. I remember that. Like, did. Debo talked like I wasn't in shape. I wasn't. I was. I was trash. Da, 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 da. Like, okay, you weren't trash, but Ray Ray literally did your job better than you did. So he looked good. He did look good. Yeah explosive mm -hmm. explosive yeah, i'm a man. big ray ray mcleod fan have i said that big you ray love ray ray, ray. yeah love ray yeah. ray when he, I was the ball, when he came to the team all the time you know ray ray when ray ray runs the ball man he reminds me of like those early 2000 athletes like or like 99 like remember uh you know who ray ray moves like a little bit remember uh peter warwick yes remember peter warwick remember yes dog like like Peter Warwick wasn't fast, but he was like sudden, like yeah. like Peter Warwick, like Snoop Menace, like these mm -hmm. guys that could just cut on a dime. Like, I, like Ray Ray gives me those vibes. You know what I mean? Aisha Malik says, "Please give my nephew uh, Zion a birthday Zayn. shout out. He's turning seventeen. Zayn, I think it's Zion. I think I don't know. Zion, Zayn. Uh -huh. Please give my nephew. I'm thinking Zion." Uh, a birthday shout out. He's turning 17 on October 2nd. I wish I could pronounce your name correctly, but shout out Zayn. Zion. Shout out. Happy birthday. Shout out turning Zayn, 17. Zayn. Turning 17. 17's a good year. 17 is a, a great year. year. 17's the year. It is. It is. Do because you. you're not 18. Nope. You're right above. You're like, you're just thinking you're a man. Hey, Amen. Yep. Don't hurt this is your year, baby. Do your thing, baby. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's it. That's all. all. Right, that's the coach's meaning. That's the coach. I'm Grant Cohn. Remember, look in the description. There's a link to his YouTube channel. It's fantastic. Click on it. Subscribe to him. He's the truth. He's just getting started. Hey, man. Thank you guys for having me. As always, Iggy, you are my guy. You know what I'm saying? My guy. And it's going to be a great show, man. Thanks for having me, bro. Heading down to Santa Clara. We'll see what the uh, what the heroes have to say. See you guys.